Welcome to the Leadership Exposé podcast. This podcast is for leaders at diverse levels and organizations around the world who are seeking to scale and transform their leadership to level up their business and to create an impact in the lives of people all around them. Business topics, trends, innovation, and the intersection with leadership is the focus. We enable success. I'm your host, Stephen Paul. In this episode, we meet an exciting leader who has had a diverse and enterprising background. She spent 20 years in social media, where in the early years of dot-com boom, she built and managed on-site message boards for websites to build communities. Like several social media professionals, she saw the rise of user-generated content in the web 2.0 era and is now leading through the next gen. She's also a leader in crypto and blockchain industry and a popular investor in eToro trading platform. She's a part of eToro Women Investor Campaign, where she helps motivate and encourage other women to invest. We're joined by Peta Cooper. She's a senior content leader at Cointelegraph and in addition has several other roles. Today, we will learn about content management in the crypto blockchain but also learn about the ins and outs of eToro for those of you who are looking for strategies and building a passive income. Welcome, Peta. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, it's lovely to be with you, Stephen. Wonderful. Peta, where are you based? Tell us a little bit more about that. I am currently based in uh, the UK. I'm in the Midlands. Uh, my father was uh, British, so I got my dual citizenship through him. Uh, he grew up in Nottingham, so um, I spent a good part, you know, of my childhood um, back and forth between the U.S. and the U.K. My mom is an American citizen, and uh, I got the best of both worlds. And uh, I remember uh, my mom and my dad, they had me on a plane when I was three months old on Pan Am. Remember Pan Am? I remember Pan Am. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was like such a throwback. So, uh I recently saw some old pictures of myself with the like the old school like Pan Am like headphones. Um, just it was just you know just classic, but yeah, um, and it, and that's also given me like a taste to travel too. And uh, yeah, that's that's like where where I'm based. <laughs> okay. Wonderful, Pet. And um, you know we've been having very good weather for the last two three weeks in the UK. Um, I live in uh, the West Sussex area uh, between London and um, you know Brighton. How's how's the weather there? Is it like sunny, gloomy? Uh, you know, it's it's British weather, isn't it? Very <laughs> <laughs> unpredictable. I, I completely agree. Completely agree. So, Pella, tell us a little bit more about your uh, your personal journey and then transition into professional journey. Yeah. So, um, I mean, as young as I can remember, I always loved to write. I was always writing, 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 writing. Um, and uh, the school that I went to, they they did a they did a test on me. So I had like a learning a learning disability. But where my where my math skills were low, like my reading and my comprehension was quite high. I was quite above like my grade level. So. Um, I knew that that was always like my passion. And, you know, I was exploring different things that I wanted to get into um, at the start of my career. Um, I was very fortunate to start working when I was quite young. 
Um, I worked for uh, the Exploratorium here in San Francisco, which was a science museum, and that really opened my my curiosity to really explore um, different things. And then throughout, you know, my throughout the beginning of my career, I like went did a little bit of admin work, but my real passion was when I got my first journalism role, and that journalism role also got me a chance to, you know, be a part of what uh, the internet was all about. So it was a new media, uh, leaving traditional marketing type of uh, a, a type of aspect, and uh, this is this was my beginning of being a community manager for this entertainment website that I was writing for. And um, that was the start of my social media career. So this was back in, I'd say two, between 2001 and 2002. And, and Pella, just um, tell us, um, you know, let's just, let's just go back in time a little bit. How was social media at that time? Um, so, Social media at that time, a lot of a lot of it stood on um, on uh, stood on uh, websites on its own was a standalone thing. So you can think of it as Reddit, for example. Um, there were a lot of message boards, um, a lot of uh, community groups, and um, this is how people connect. So take the entertainment website that I was working on, for example. So we had like you know our articles, we had our interviews. And then people would just stay on this message board and just chat irrelevant stuff or engage in different topics, engage in debates. Um, the message boards had their own dramas as well. And, you know, people were people, people often operated under, um, uh, you know, an assumed identity. You yeah. know, some people used the real names, some people didn't. Yeah. Um, so you got a lot of interesting characters. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was quite interesting to watch. Yeah, no, I, I, I can remember that. I, I experienced that in the, the late 90s as well, these yeah. message boards. <laughs> and uh, we, we, we have transformed quite a lot yeah. since then. We definitely have evolved, you know, but I, 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 I will admit, Stephen, I do have a soft spot for Reddit because I think it brings back the, that nostalgic feel yeah. that you're not necessarily judged you know, by your looks, like on Instagram, if you're posting selfies, you're you're actually being judged by the way you articulate yourself, and that's very important to me when it comes to um, doing communications for um, different brands. Is articulating the the message in a very simple, uh, transparent manner, yeah. along with finding the unique tone of voice of the brand, yeah. so it doesn't sound like. Uh, it's a cookie cutter talking to you. It's it's authentic. It's genuine. Yeah, and 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 Pera, this is um, this is one aspect of what you do from a social media perspective, mm -hmm. which is around content management. Is that right? That's correct. And you you've got other diverse interests and 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 roles as well. Um, tell us a little bit more about eToro. Oh, so I got into eToro about four years ago. I was working for Multiplay, which was owned by Game in the UK. So Multiplay puts on the largest gaming uh, festivals in in the UK. Well, now it's um, 
forget the name, but it's uh, it's still run by Craig Fletcher, who mm-hmm. was the founder of Multiplay. And uh, through there, I met uh, a very nice man, Jay Smith, who who was really into Bitcoin. I believe Jay got into Bitcoin in 2012. So he did a tutorial on eToro. Now I have done some minor investing in the past with uh, Merrill Lynch, you know, have a couple of shares and, you know, things that I like, you know, but I've never been like so proactive. But when I saw eToro and being like a social media professional, I mean, was such a game changer. The way that Jay was explaining things and what you can invest in. And um, like a lot of newbies uh, who were interested in investing in crypto, I think at the time, Bitcoin was around, I think around five, around 5K. And I actually thought that I would have to actually put in 5K in order to start investing in Bitcoin when actually you can just, you know, invest in a fraction of the cost. I think the, the lowest, the, the lowest that you could put behind yeah. Bitcoin was about uh, $50. Right. So, um, you know, through through Jay's tuto- uh, tutorial, um, that's how I got into eToro. Okay. And I started trading in 2018. I got the, I got the tutorial in 2017-ish. And... Um, I wanted to do a lot of, pra- uh, you know, some practicing because they have a virtual portfolio, which is really smart of them to um, put out for, you know, new investors in order to, you know, get the rhythm of trading. Yeah. And and um, if we just take a step back here, so what 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 is the actual benefit of eToro to somebody like me, for example, or anybody who wants to get involved in that? Um, well, if you like investing, um, eToro is not just um, exclusively for crypto. It's um, open to all um, major markets around the world. Um, you get to you get to see what other people are trading. So you can either have your portfolio private or you can have it um, open to the public. So people can see um, like what you trade, what you're into, and then um, the structure. It's kind of like um, like a Facebook like you know timeline where you can do like you know microblogging. You can tag the the stuff that you're trading in. Um, you can also follow people um, who may be experts in the particular trades and investments that you're interested in. Yeah. Um, you can also copy um, people on eToro, and they have their popular investor program, which I got accepted in in. December 2021, where you have to have a certain amount of copiers, you have to be at a certain um, risk level. And then the eToro, the eToro team does an assessment of like your communications, um, how you lay out your strategy, and then um, you get accepted as a popular investor. And then eventually when you get to the second level, the champion level, you can earn um, an extra four to uh, 400 to $800 a month on commission. And then it just keeps on, you know, building up, uh, the ones that are on the top tier, they can earn, um, roughly around a million dollars in commission a year, which is absolutely crazy. Amazing. Amazing. And, uh, Petra, you, you're, you know, you're uh, promoting or part of the, 
women investor campaign. Um, what does that mean? And uh, what does that mean for women, for example? Well, the reason why, you know, I'm, I'm passionate um, about women getting into investing is because I want women to have, you know, financial freedom. I want women to, um, you know, find their voice in the investment world, whether it's in crypto or um, any other, you know, subject, subject matter. Um, one thing that I, one thing that I, you know, tell my um, copiers and my followers is invest in things that you like, um, invest in businesses that you like. Don't just get into investments to just to chase the money. Because for me, um, so I'm involved in so many different things that, you know, time is, is so essential. I couldn't think of any, any sort of, uh, any time wasting factor of investing in something that I was not passionate about, you know, cause I just, you know, I would find the research to be, you know, very, very, you know, daunting, but um, I really want to get women uh, comfortable in crypto. I, in the web three space, yeah. uh, just, just for them to feel like more empowered and um, just, you know, to find their own voice. Yeah, no, wonderful. So interesting transitions, interesting backgrounds. Um, let's just go back into the journalism and the content management. So is there any intersection between, you know, that journalism, content management and, and eToro? And I'm, I'm trying to focus a little bit more on the content management side of things. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I think, I think because of my love for writing, my love for blogging, um, you know, I'm normally writing on eToro um, a couple of times a week on, um, you know, my different, you know, strategy and uh, the way that I present myself, the way that I articulate myself. Because um, you have to be, you have to be engaged. Uh, when I get like a new follower on eToro, um, you know, similar to how I could be running like a social media campaign. One thing that people like is people like to be acknowledged. People like to be heard or people like to be seen. And um, I, every time I get a new follower, I always drop them like, you know, a quick, um, quick message. I tag them in a message of welcoming them yeah. uh, and asking them if they have like any questions, they can, you know, get back to me. So it's all about being, you know, that, that trans, that transparency and that fluid communication. So I think that's what connects journalism, content management, and my time on eToro. Yeah. And, and how are you finding the trends on the adoption of, um, you know, crypto or, um, you know, even, even, even eToro or, you know, the likes of it in the last, let's say, last five years? Well, if, well, Stephen, if you were to tell me in 2018 that Coinbase would be listed, I would have laughed in your face because um, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have seen that to be very, you know, possible because um, the adoption rate is, is quite slow. But when I'm explaining um, adoption to an audience or, or an interview, um, I try to implement um, real world, you know, scenarios. Um, one of my favorite ones is like for people who like to play Candy Crush and uh, the coins that you can get in Candy Crush. Now, imagine if you could use those coins like in the real world. Now it's virtual, it's digital, but it still has a monetary value. Yeah. Um, similar with like NFTs, you can align those NFTs to trading cards, but there's so much more 
than your typical, um, you know, English Premier League, you know, football card. Um, imagine if that NFT, if we're gonna if we're gonna stick to the English Premier League, if that was like a VIP pass to go and like meet the players. You know, you have those unlockables and you have those utilities. Um, and I and I truly believe um, aligning this and the dot com bus, for example. Um, you know, you uh, you know during the like late '90s, like having a domain um, was one of one of the most like um, sacred things that you could have. You know, yeah. everybody wanted a domain, everybody wanted a website, um, and you could have like such a great name. But then, if you had no purpose behind it or no no utilities, it would be a bust. Uh, similar to I how I view um, crypto projects before. I even invest in, um, you know, different, you know, crypto projects or see if they can have a play in real world adoption. I'm always asking myself, what is its utility and what is its purpose? Yeah. And it can't have one or the other. It has to have both. And if it, is, if it doesn't have both to me, I typically tend to pass on it because, um, you know, similar to the dot com, no utility, no purpose, it's going to be a bust. Yeah, yeah. And where does where does blockchain fit into the into the whole mix? Well, you know, blockchain, you know, in, in the simplest terms, this is a ledger, right? This is yeah. where we transfer, you know, different, um, you know, cryptocurrencies. I, I think with, you know, some blockchains are can be a little bit more daunting than others. And it all comes down to the gas fees. Um, yeah. um, some of my my, some of my favorite blockchains is uh, Binance Smart Chain yeah. and AVAC because yeah. of the low gas fees. But sometimes we're kind of pushed into the Ethereum realm, right? Yeah. And, you know, we we may want to, like, you know, purchase, like, a, an NFT, like, on OpenSea or maybe make, like, um, or maybe do, uh, get, like, tokens or something off the Ethereum network. But then we're a slap of these astronomical fees that it just kind of kills the purpose, you know? Yeah. So I'm, when it comes to blockchains, um, I'm always looking for the lowest gas fees and the most like interesting projects with the utility and purpose. Yeah. And, and Petra, do you, uh, do you interact with, um, with other businesses on, 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 on these solutions, crypto and, and, and what you're doing on content management, eToro and so forth? Um, well, in terms in terms of what I'm doing uh, for Coin Telegraph, I work um, in Coin Telegraph at CT Studio, and we have clients in the blockchain, um, crypto, NFT, DeFi, uh, metaverse, and Web three space. So I'm constant. I'm constantly. I'm constant. Sorry, uh, I am always seeing projects um you know coming back and forth and then this is where my content management comes into play um you know i'm i'm responsible for um looking after um you know copywriters um editing their copy um finding that tone of voice for the clients um uh, uh, participating in um doing a content management for their websites as well because there's some there's some projects out there even that have very have an excellent use and excellent case studies, but they just suck at communications. And that's why they come to us. 
because yeah. we are the experts and the leaders. You know, we're the um, you know CoinTelegraph is one of the large is is the largest news organization um, in the crypto and blockchain space. Yeah, no, wonderful. So if 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 I'm a uh, a business leader looking to leverage you know this solution, um, how would a conversation with with you and I sound like? Well, we would have to look at your roadmap. We would have to look at your objectives. We would um, have to look at like what, you know, what your narrative is, you know, your story is, you know, very important. And um, we just build it up and we take it from there. Yeah. Okay. Now, wonderful. So um, let's, let's talk about leadership. I mean, you've, you've got great experience, Peta. Um, you know, coming, coming from uh, you know the, uh, the the '90s to the 2000s, and you've worked for different organizations. Can you share a story or an experience, you know, that comes to mind, uh, you know, as a time as a uh, as a senior leader or a leader that resulted in a highly positive outcome? Yeah, um, one of my personal projects. Um, I I'm doing a. A queer anthropology photography project focusing on um, the South Asian LGBT um, uh, LGBT community, and what it is is called Gaijin Faces. And uh, what I do is I take a headshot of the participant, and then they write on the paper who they are, and it can be almost you know almost anything. Um, in, in a sense, it doesn't necessarily need to be the person, uh, you know, they can just write anything. And then I merge the two images together and I find it makes a very, um, it's very intimate without being intimate because you're seeing like the person's, you know, handwriting. And um, it's played, it's played a huge part um, in creating visibility for the community. And for those who are not out, um, they can still participate. Uh, they can wear a mask or disguise their face in any way they feel comfortable. Because again, this goes back to my passion for stories and narratives that I believe that everybody's voice should be heard. And um, it's gotten lots of coverage um, in, in the UK as well as in the US. And um, when I get into projects, Stephen, or when I when I you know find you know my next my next uh, career path, um, I'm always looking at what's going to make me happy. Mm -hmm. I don't want to work. I just, you know I want to have fun. Mm -hmm. And I know that maybe some of your audience was like, well, you know, it can't always be fun, Peta. But for me, um, that's how it always is. That you know when it comes to crypto, because of my connection with you know eToro, with what I'm doing with CT Studio. It never feels like a day a day of work to me, and that's and I think that's always a, a very high ambition we all have. Like going to work when it doesn't feel like work, and that's yeah. always what I try to um, aim for. Yeah. Um, as soon as as soon as I feel stagnant, or as soon as I feel I can't grow further, I know it's time for me to move on. Yeah. Yeah, I know absolutely, and and with with the with the, with the passion you mentioned the. Uh, do you, do you feel that there is shifts in mindsets of people as they view those images and so forth? 
I do. Um, I I recall a time when I was um, when I was a radio presenter. I was doing a late night radio show, and you know the the topic of you know sexuality came out, and mm. um, I actually came out to my audience, and yeah. my audience was a very um, conservative audience. Um, majority of them uh, South Asian in their 40s to 60s, um, probably up to their 70s, because what people don't realize is a lot of people who listen to late night radio, um, some of them are very lonely and they feel like a personal connection with the host. So I actually had one of my um, avid callers, you know, call me and he was a little disappointed. And um, I played a couple songs, you know, back to back. And I was just, you know, explaining to him my, my journey and my story. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, I tried to make it seem like it's still me, but this is just a different part of me that I don't necessarily always put out to the public, but I'm still the same person. And something clicked in his head. It's like, you know, you're right. You, you still are the same person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. I, I find, I find the participants who do Gaijin faces, they, they feel um, very liberated. They're getting their story out, whether they're behind a mask or not. And for those who are behind the mask, um, you know, coming out, it's a very private and personal journey with no um, expiration date. And for me, I sometimes think, well, maybe five years from now or 10 years from now, that mask that they're wearing in the picture is going to come off like metaphorically. And then they can, you know, be the person they were born to be, live the life they love and love the life they live. Yeah, yeah, no, wonderful. Um, so, you know, pandemic hit us a couple of years ago. We still are in that phase. Um, are you seeing any any upticks or, or or trends with the work that you do as a result of pandemic? Well, you know, I was one of the fortunate ones, luckily, because my work can be done um, anywhere around the world, um, which is why I have the luxury of working between the US and the UK. Um, Other people, unfortunately, um, they don't have that privilege. But going back to, you know, my first job as a journalist, it was a remote job. Um, Our our main office was based in New York. I was living in California. Um, I had daily communications with my editor. I knew what I had to do in terms of just getting the work done and, you know, having it up. And I think, um, I think what the pandemic has taught us is that we don't necessarily have to be in an office. Um, although I'm, I'm open to a hybrid position, but I prefer, you know, to have that bit of, um, autonomy. I love my autonomy. And, um, so, for me, the pandemic wasn't, you know, necessarily a struggle, but I know that's not the case for a lot of other people. But I think, you know, some businesses, they can look at these case studies and see that, you know, um, we've done quite well uh, in terms of, and, and it's also opened the conversation of mental health too, that we've become like more aware and more sensitive. Yeah. Whereas I think if we didn't have the pandemic, uh, we would still be fighting the same battles, but now we have um, 
I think I think the power lies with um, employees now versus employers. Yeah. Because now employees now can um, call the shots of you know what they want to get out of the job in in terms of help helping their their mental health and well-being and i think i think that's very important and yeah. um i know that this is it's probably here to stay yeah i i completely agree wellness is on the top of list from a leadership perspective from a people perspective you mentioned rightly mental health um, this is very critical Mm-hmm. So from your perspective, Peta, what are some of the uh, the important topics or trends on your mind these days that you you feel would impact, you know, your ecosystem of businesses or leaders on their journeys and, 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 and basically what they need to focus on? Well, you know, I technically left social media um, last year, and my reason for that was um, the TikTok generation. Um, I don't, I don't get TikTok. And uh, the thing, the thing is that where I see it, it is a benefit. Um, I think it needs to be utilized properly. I think that social media in general, there needs to be a huge overhaul. Um, there's too many clout chasers. Uh, there's so much uh, drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally took a, an eight month break off social media for my own um, mental health and well-being because I think being a being in social for 20 years for my own mental health I was constantly like you know switched on yeah so I think I think what what businesses and other social media professionals the next generation that are carrying the torch is how can we make it more inclusive like are you know things go viral for the wrong reason we shouldn't have things going viral for the right reason and we need to be authentic as well like don't do a good deed just to put it on social media i mean for me i personally find that very tacky i think you know you get the greater rewards doing things behind the scenes you know you can still highlight some good stuff that you do as a person but to me it just seems so tacky and fake these days, you know, and I'm just really glad that I'm not in the depths of it anymore. Um, because of the way it, it has kind of, I think, backtracked. Yeah. You're very brave, Peta, and well done for making a very courageous decision. It's not easy for many people when they're, when, when there's lots of influence externally and social media is really in your face. Yeah. Definitely. And, and 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 to make that decision, you know, well done, you. Thank you. So so well, tell you know, us. You know, yeah. You know, go on. Honestly, honestly, like I think it was the the best thing that I can do, and I highly I highly suggest like anyone who's in social media who's thinking of a career change, like at least like take six months off of your own personal social media, learn how to interact again without it. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of a reinvention, right? Yes, yeah, you're you're just like reinventing yourself. And then this helps you set your own like personal boundaries. Mm. And that's very important, I believe too. Yeah, yeah no, completely aligned. So Peta, tell us a little bit more about you and what does a day in the life of Peta look like? It's <laughs> 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 so, so funny, Stephen, because um, I was actually over the weekend, why... Well, 
last week I had a bit of a burnout because I went to too many crypto events. Um, normally I only limit myself to one a week. Um, I'm also a part of a meetup group where I'm considered as a co-organizer, but really what I do at the events is I'm more of a greeter. So I'm, I'm responsible for buying like the name tags and the markers. And I just really love like, you know, engaging with people and it, it benefits me too, because then I get to meet other, um, thought leaders in the in the industry. But a day in life of PETA, um, let's say I normally wake up at 5 a.m. Uh, I'm, I'm quite a spiritual person, but not in any sort of, not in an organized religion type of sense, but um, I do I do meditation. I know some people are gonna think blah, 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 you know, meditation. But for me personally, because of everything that I'm involved in, it really helps me like, you know, clear my mind, set my tone and then I have this little competition with myself where I'm trying to plank for three minutes yeah. and so far I'm only up to two two minutes and 15 seconds so um that's always that that gets my that gets my motor going that little you know that little challenge that you know you give you give yourself yeah. and then yeah I I I log on to work I check my slack messages I check my emails um I get down and dirty with the different projects and different responsibilities that I have and just, you know, crack on with my day and no day is ever the same really, Stephen. Um, yeah. you know, and I think, I think a lot of, um, a lot of people in, in, in the content space and, and, and in the social space will tell you the same thing. There's, there's never a same day. There's always, um, a new problem, a new challenge and a new accomplishment. So, yeah. um, I always, I always look forward to, um, all the October surprises that come at me, whether they're good or bad. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fast paced, as you uh, yeah. as you mentioned. Yeah, and and to to manage that, you know, you touched upon a very important aspect, which is um, meditation. For me, it is big. I mean, fifteen years ago, well, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, uh, you know, I looked down upon meditation as, oh well, that's out there you know and uh, not not really for me but um, especially in the last five years and even more recently that is really helping me to clear my mind and to center myself and um, really focus especially in this world where we are you know, fast paced, lots of things happening, lots of competing priorities, you know, cluttered mindset and so forth. So I, I, I commend you on, uh, on you mentioning about meditation and how that's actually supporting you, because that's important to me as well. Yeah, no, definitely. And um, I think you touch on a very good point um, in my industry, especially, and in social media, lots of noise pollution, lots mm. of things at you at once lots of obligations that you got to do um and just having that for me my practice you know i meditate uh twice a day 20 minutes um very very simple i um i have a list of my intentions and my goals that i read out loud and i also read out my wedding vows um to remind me of my my promises to my wife and yeah. to be that supportive partner and then i go into my meditation 20 yeah. minutes amazing feeling amazing. really just like recharged you know um it's amazing it, it's it's a it's 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 a different feeling isn't it once you've yeah. done that and yeah. and 
Yeah, and it sounds like you've got a good ritual there in place. Um, all right, so Petra, what's what's the next big business adventure or personal adventure for you? Yeah, so I actually started my own um, crypto philanthropy project. It's called angeldrop.io. I was inspired by it because um, in crypto communities, um, especially when it's um, like, uh, has something to do with a to token or a coin, uh, what project project leaders usually do is they reward their communities by doing these like airdrops. And sometimes it's just um, collecting people's wallet addresses and then just dropping the coins, or sometimes they have to do tasks in order to um, receive the airdrop. And that could be, you know, something as simple as subscribing to somebody, subscribing to the projects like YouTube channel or joining the project like, you know, Telegram or retweeting a pinned tweet. Mm -hmm. um, so what Angel Drop does is I'm collecting projects both from the crypto and non-crypto space. And then um, I, I, have, I have the project owners fill out a form and uh, supply their uh, wallet addresses and then um, put it in a blog and uh, you know do, do some, do some self-promotion. But Obviously, it's really up to the project manager, to the project owners, like how they want to like utilize the link. But what what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get, you know, um, community members to give back to the project, similar to how the projects would give to them. So, you know, a random person can just do like an airdrop, like maybe put in a hundred dollars worth of ETH towards a project that they like. And, you know, it's just a nice it's a nice thing to do. Um, and it's, it's just, you know, building that, you know, community, because I believe that the crypto community, we're very generous, we're a very, yeah. like, low key community, we don't like to have a lot of attention. Mm -hmm. So, um, to be able to showcase these projects to, um, to folks, I, I think it's, it's, it's definitely going to be a very organic type of journey. And then I have another, another thing to align with that project, it's called um, Santoshi Secret Santa. And it's not celebrating Christmas, it's celebrating a Bitcoin white paper day. So you can go to angeldrop.io, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. sign up for um, Satoshi Secret Santa. And what it is, is you provide your nickname, your email address, your type of wallet and your wallet address. And then July 1st, I'm gonna close it and then I'm gonna match people. And then on October 31st for Bitcoin white paper day, the individuals that I match, they'll exchange tokens so they'll drop something in someone's wallet and the other person will drop something in the in their uh, matching partner's wallet so wow that's but, exciting <laughs> yeah, yeah. i think yeah, i think it's cool it's, it's going to be a good social experiment um one of my colleagues brought up to me that it has been the, uh, similar things like this have been done before on reddit so i'm just i'm just branding it as you know santoshi secret santa since it's celebrating bitcoin's white paper day I, I like that idea, Pedro. I definitely like that idea. <laughs> and what is that? We what should, is that we website should, again? Um, it's angeldrop.io. So um, I'll expect you. I'll expect to see a, an email from you, Stephen. Hopefully, you'll I, sign up. <laughs> yeah, yes, absolutely, Peta. Absolutely. Okay, so we're we're coming to a close very shortly. Um, tell us, Peta, uh, can you share with us any closing messages or you know an action or a challenge to other leaders or or people in the audience in your eco ecosystem? Yeah, um, I think going back to what I said earlier in this interview is like, 
um, if you felt like me during the pandemic, well, if, if you felt like me during like 2021, like just trying to like figure out like what your next steps are, you know, find something that you love, find something that it's not going to feel like work where you can really like, you know, put your passions in where you can really align um, to, oh, I don't know, like different meetup groups that um, align to where you want to work. So for me, um, I have a list of different like meetup groups in the crypto space. So every week I'm always meeting a lot of interesting and inspiring people. And then that's helping me um, make, you know, certain co connections for different business lines for Cointelegraph and um, helping, you know, my colleagues, whether they're in the, in the partnerships department or the biz dev department. So you just really want to find something that's just going to, you know, give you that joy give you that fun, you know, and I really do believe in this whole, um, this whole model, motto that I, I have said earlier, live the life you love and love the life you live. Words of wisdom from Peta and very good practical examples as well. Thank you very much, Peta, for being with us today and sharing your journey. Thank you. I appreciate uh, the time, Stephen. It's been very lovely to talk to you and your audience. Thank you so much. Okay, folks, thank you very much for listening in and stay tuned for our next episode on boardroom dynamics and making the board more effective in this modern world. Thank you very much and have a wonderful day.